Previously on Previously on Previously on Previously on Previously on Previously on WandaVision <laughs> All right, what's going on, Marvel fans? Welcome in to the final WandaVision Marvel Monday right here on the Streamer Season Podcast feed, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. KB coming at you from Underground Studios and joining me as they do each and every week, the one and only Dylan Mazzola Fassbender. <laughs> Yeah, that's I. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> and he is still free from the dark hold. He's not the Sorcerer Supreme, but he's somewhere in there, potentially in like there. potentially like Ghost Rider, Harry the K, Harrison Crimmins. Hey, Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, not bad in comparisons right now. I'll take it. We have a lot to dive into with this episode, and we're going to touch on everything that happened in the series finale of WandaVision. That's super weird to say that it is the series finale. It feels like it just started. But before we get into the episode, it would not be possible without our awesome sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, doing the damn thing. I'm wearing them right now. Dylan wears the sunglasses when he's out and about going to work. Harrison's got like 16,000 pairs in his in his apartment right now. And you guys should be doing the same. You only get one set of eyes, and with all the content that's coming out on all these streaming platforms, you need to protect your eyes when you're binging your favorite shows and movies. That's where Tomahawk Shades Blue Light Plus collection comes into play. You know, two brothers on Long Island said, why are we going to pay an arm and a leg for these high-profile brand-name sunglasses and blue light glasses when we can just make our own at a fraction of the price? And that's exactly what they did. We appreciate everything that Tomahawk Shades has to offer, and you guys should be rocking with them as well. So go to TomahawkShades.com right now, fill up your cart, fill up your apartments, your dorm rooms, your houses, just like Harrison does you know, summoning all of these sunglasses and blue light glasses from the dark hold. And uh, you also get our promo code, uh, one hell of a promo code, USP for 25% off your order at checkout at TomahawkShades.com. You're already getting a fraction of the, the big name, you know, scammers, these big high profile glasses. You're getting a fraction of that price. Plus, you're only paying three quarters of the price of Tomahawk Shades with our promo code USP. Check them out. The best in the game. Styling and profiling. Summer on the way. Got to protect those eyes. Tomahawk Shade's a quality product for an affordable price. And uh, we are in full swing in the month of March. So get prepared for St. Patrick's Day with our friends at Manscaped. If you're going to get a little lucky. Manscaped is the global leader for below-the-waist grooming and the official sponsor of streamer season. To ensure you have the best tools for your family jewels, 
or Infinity Stones, uh, visit Manscaped.com and use code USP for 20% off and free international shipping. You're in luck because the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Included in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It's probably somewhere located in Vision's body as well. Uh, look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, so why not use the best tools for the job? This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. You'll feel confident shaving your thunder down under. You can also get festive and, you know, safely shave a shamrock into your pubes. You and your partner will get lucky, all right. Their Lawnmower 3.0 will showcase your pot of gold like no other. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. And every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. There's gold at the end of the rainbow with Manscaped, and later on in the episode, we'll give you guys our final WandaVision stateside vodka cocktail of the week. But boys, series finale happened. A lot of Easter eggs, a lot of things to dive into. Some people disappointed with a couple, you know, things here and there. But overall, this was, it lived up to the hype. You know, when they teased that the final two episodes were kind of going to be like those MCU style episodes, it's exactly what we got. And I thought this episode was awesome for a way to like wrap things up. Agreed. And it took like really creative turns in uh like the fight sequences. Like it was more battle of the wits than an actual full blown throwdown, but you still got that action in there. Got some really good lines, some emotional punches. It was just a great way to wrap up the series and set up the beginning of phase four. Yeah, I definitely agree. It, it was it's yeah, it, it wasn't your typical, like, Battle Royale, like, Clash of the Titans. Oh, I guess in, in some ways it was Clash of the Titans. But in other ways, like you said, like, well, like both you said, it was also, like, dialogue-based as well. Because all the characters, for lack of better terms, as we watch in the episode, we'll talk about kind of, like, feeling each other out and picking each other's brains. Uh, some quite <laughs> more than others. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the episode, episode 9, kicks off. Uh, it's titled The Series Finale. Uh, so that kind of shuts the door on any potential season two i'd say um but yeah. it picks right back up episode 10 next week <laughs> can't wait uh <laughs> picks right back up where we left off out in the street uh tommy and billy being you know essentially like puppets of agatha and wanda trying to get her kids back and you know they kind of duke it out a little bit wanda breaks her hold on billy and tommy tells them you know get your asses back in the house uh, to shield themselves, and then Agatha, you know, she does that creepy, like, thriller video, like, gets back up, like, <laughs> didn't move at all. I was like, ho- like, I was creeped out by that. I was like, that's some spooky shit. That's some Salem witch trial stuff right there. 
Um, the boys go back yeah. in the house, and then Agatha also reveals that she can kind of absorb Wanda's chaos magic, uh, and then she kind of tries to bargain with Wanda, saying that, you know, if you give me all your powers, you know, I'll exchange it to allow you to keep kind of Westview uh, in this altered reality with your family, but things are always going to be broken just like you. Um, and then after temporarily subduing Agatha, Wanda does a, a very cool little thing, launches the car, kind of similar to Civil War, and then uh, Agatha allegedly goes through the house, and then we see the fake boots, very Wizard of Oz-esque, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. That was incredible. I was laughing at 3-something in the morning when I saw that. Agatha was really just in there, like, expecting Wanda to keep shooting the bolts at her, but not. Nah, just there with the car. <laughs> uh, I just solved your problems. The Wizard of Oz touch was very good. Um, and then Wanda gets approached by what everybody is starting to kind of classify White Vision as a spectral vision, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Recognizes, she recognizes like the original body. And then he speaks and says Wanda kind of in that like technological voice and then grabs her head like Gordon Ramsay and uh, tries to start to like destroy her head and i was like hearing like that bone cracking noise was like super like ugh, like it gave was, me like chills it was disconcerting especially at, like 3 a.m yeah it was very similar uh, white or spectral vision white vision his introduction to uh when after, right after vision was recreated in episode eight the the wanda the one yep. word and then he just went into the head crush yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely definitely something different. You know, for a second, Wanda thought she was going to get a smooch from her other dead husband, but uh, no, yeah. no, no smooch. Uh, Spectral Vision attempts to kill Wanda, but then uh, Wanda's created Vision from the Mind Stone arrives, I guess you could call him Scarlet Vision, uh, arrives and engages Spectral Vision in battle, and then Wanda admits her regret to her created Vision, for the lack of honesty surrounding the Westview anomaly. Uh, he reveals that, you know, he understands the reason why she created her reality and everything. And then uh, the couple prepares to fight for their home. And that scene from the trailers finally comes through and it says, this is our home now. So let's fight for it. We see vision fly off, uh, getting ready to go fight spectral vision who like is coming up from like flames and everything. And at that point I was like, all right, here we go. Mephisto. Let's go. It also looked very like Terminator esque, um, which is pretty cool. And then uh, we get that scene where Elizabeth Olsen flies off. And I thought they did a really good job because everybody saw like, you know, things from, from the set showing her on like that zip line type thing. I thought they did a great job, like making it look realistic that she was flying. Yeah. They really did. Um, I really like the way that the vision's fighting looked. Like, just the way it was shot. Uh, yeah, the how way. they're, like, phasing yeah. in and out of each other. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's nuts. The laser's just going off every now and then. I mean, what vision Ben tried to, like, kill Activision the same way uh, Thanos killed him, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, he can phase this time. Not gonna work a second time. Yeah, both battles very, uh, very different, but similar at the same time. Um... So they go off and fight, and then Wanda confronts Agatha, while the two visions just kind of fly off into the sky as they're battling it out. And then we go inside Agatha's house, where Monica Rambeau is trapped by, quote-unquote, Pietro Maximoff. 
uh, who refuses to let her leave. She uncovers a document regarding ownership of the property, and it looked like a water bill. And I don't know if you guys noticed the uh, kind of like that bar graph that was on there. It spiked in the month of October, which uh, is probably when Agatha like moved in and when the anomaly was created, kind of right after the events of Avengers Endgame. Uh, yeah, but that's not the most important. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We, but knowing we, that knowing that Agatha <laughs> Agatha's been living there and like all the gardening and everything and probably things to do with like those roots and the flowers that are all over her house, it makes sense that the water bill was like sky high. Which also kind of leads me to believe that like we're not done with Agatha whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um, that was like my first clue, but then. Uh, it reveals that Agatha doesn't own the house, but rather, quote-unquote, Pietro. Uh, it's his house, and Monica <laughs> discovers his uh, his headshot as an aspiring actor named Ralph Boner. They introduced Evan Peters into the MCU for a dick joke. <laughs> I, I, saw that. I salute that. I salute the hell out of that. Bring Everybody. Hey, I want to thank you, the listener, for checking out an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. If you've been rocking with us for any amount of time, you know we have a whole catalog of podcasts, a number of franchises under our umbrella, and I want you to do me a favor. Once you're done listening to this episode, once you're done subscribing, leaving a five-star rating or review on the Apple Podcast feed, like we know you always do, I want you to hop over and check out the Outside the Box podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's our flagship pro lacrosse podcast. Ton of fun stuff, amazing interviews, content. We know that lacrosse, you know, we're still in a bit of a limbo period, but hey, Do us a favor, check it out, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and maybe learn about the sport of the future. And with that, let's get back to the show. Everybody seemed to be, like, beyond pissed off about this. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious, and he still could be who we think he is, though. Like, he still demonstrated, like, granted, he had the beat on, because there was a glimpse where you see him do super speed. But it's like, it was like how much control was Agatha doing? Because he was still kind of giving like coherent like responses to Monica with with the necklace on. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't like I am brainless zombie. So it's like, was that all her? Was that him? So I I, maybe the the, uh, the necklace drew from the multiverse and kind of selected the traits of uh, different Quicksilver from somewhere else. Just put him in the body of Ralph Bonner. So my thought process here is Evan Peters is kind of a nobody in the MCU. Um, mostly because, one, like you said, Dylan, he had that necklace on and, and Monica was able to identify, which I thought was really freaking cool, like what was controlling him. I thought that was an awesome aspect of her powers, and it was like that puka necklace. Um, I think... And a lot of people, at first I did too, I thought that he could potentially be Jimmy Woo's like witness protection program missing person. But if he's an aspiring actor and he's living in Westview and all this, there's no way in hell that like he's in witness protection. So that doesn't add up. I think, honestly, it was kind of just like a, a blunder, for lack of a better term, of like, 
and I mean, we we heard Agatha talk about it in episode eight, where like he was just kind of like a uh, a way to try to convince Wanda that like it was her actual brother. Um, I I don't know if he's gonna be back as Quicksilver. I don't know if Quicksilver makes an entry into the multiverse from that aspect, but I don't think Evan Peters is anything more than just Agatha, you know, claiming that he is, you know, her husband and he's just like, because as soon as he was freed from that necklace, it was like, oh, just please don't hurt me. Like, he seemed like a regular citizen. Well, you know the golden rule of, like, superhero, like, comics or movies or just the media in general. Nobody stays dead. So, I, I wouldn't be shocked if some form of Quicksilver actually came. Yeah, and the fact that now that Disney actually owns X-Men stuff, and they literally... He, I, I think Kyle's right. It ultimately probably is just how it is, but I think it's mm-hmm. also continuity's sake. Like, if they want to double back and bring him back as Quicksilver, they can say they can point and go, no, 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 no. He was, he was here as Ralph Boner. who made a dick yes. joke. Now he's a superhero. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Exactly. We were talking about it before we started recording, and we've talked about it for a, a few weeks now, too. WandaVision was supposed to be the fourth installment into Phase 4 of the MCU. You know, it was supposed to be Falcon Winter Soldier, The Eternals. We were supposed to get uh, something, uh, Shang-Chi, and then WandaVision. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if when things circle back around and we get those other titles, which we're getting Falcon Winter Soldier in two weeks, um, we get a little bit more of an inclination of potentially, like, how the the multiverse might open up or how mutants might get introduced something like that but i also don't think i think the eternals is going to be how like we get the mutant storyline because i think that makes the most sense for how they want to approach things in phase four instead of looking back and they look forward they use the eternals as like their way to introduce the mutants and i think it was just a a thing of circumstance where wandavision ended up being the first title instead of the fourth one. I can see that. Uh, that yeah. that's, that's a good way to, uh, to visualize the up and coming. It's kind of crazy like to think that because of the way the world, like things happen that we weren't supposed to see this yet. Awesome. Or like, you know I mean? In, in this order rather. Wasn't Dr. Strange initially uh, multiverse man that's supposed to come out in 2020? Uh, it was supposed to be 2021. It was supposed to be in May of 2021. So, okay. WandaVision was supposed to be coming out like around like probably when Falcon Winter Soldier is dropping and then we were going to have a little bit of a layoff and WandaVision is essentially like the prequel to Doctor Strange and I think the way that things unraveled in this finale of WandaVision was great because they didn't take away from the story of Wanda and Vision. They kept that the main focus and I think that's what a lot of people are like missing out on from like their built up fan theories and everything is like this show is supposed to be about Wanda's grief, her her pain, her trauma and suffering, along with how that connects to Vision and kind of being like their later on origin stories, but after they've already been assembled into the MCU. I thought the way that everything went down was flawless to keep that as the main focus. And they didn't take away from Wanda and Vision as like your sole focus of what this show is agreed uh, it's a good, yeah 
I mean, I, I won't deny it. I got caught up on these. Uh, oh, we all. I was gonna say, I'm like, oh, guilty. We, we, we uh, all know which one I wanted to happen. I've, I've, we uh, all had our own like hive. Like Harrison was hardcore on the Reed Richards. Dylan was hardcore on Michael Fassbender and, and Magneto. I was on the Mephisto train, and I'm totally fine that like none of them happened. Yeah. This was this was one of the division. It was one of the shows. Like it was. Yeah. Like. These were two characters who really always had the short end of the stick uh, in the MCU because they were introduced kind of late and they were already more popular characters to go root for, like Captain America or Iron Man. And somebody like Wanda had, like, essentially a handcuff on her because Fox had the rights to to the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the main reason Quicksilver was killed off in Age of Ultron was because they didn't have the full rights to him. Mm -hmm. So... The only way they could pass it off was say, yeah, he's not a mutant. He just got his powers from the Mind Stone. And now that they actually have the rights, they can bring the mutant. Exactly. Uh, So, I mean, as the episode goes on, you know, we we go to the sword base and Jimmy Woo is brought up in handcuffs to Hayward. Jimmy Woo. uh, Woo. He deserves so much. He's he's an underrated hero in this series. Uh, (laughs) And Hayward boasts that without video proof, from inside the anomaly because Wanda canceled her show. Very good pun there. Uh, he'll be able to cover up his uh, resurrection of Vision and his attempted termination of Wanda. Jimmy threatens Hayward with FBI intervention, after which he's thrown into a hay bale, and there he frees himself uh, from handcuffs before contacting his FBI allies at Quantico, which here's one thing that I did have... I don't want to say I'm mad about with this series, but it was kind of just like poor execution. We never found out who the missing person was, and it felt like that was going to be something that was like built up and like eventually revealed. And then we never found out who these people from Quantico were. I think the missing person aspect of things was just a way for the writers to write in getting the FBI involved. I no, think you're probably right. But you never know, Marvel. They could reveal that later in a small detail because they do always intertwine their stuff. I, I'm not Watch saying it. it'll be that big of a... You're definitely right, though. It's probably like literally just a person that was in Westview, but it's their, like, it's their way of tying it in, like you just said. So. Watch it be like five years down the line. Jimmy Woo's got his like second season of his new hit show that's X-Files times Marvel. And then we just get that small, subtle detail. Oh, you remember one division from a couple years ago? This is the guy that Jimmy was looking for. Yeah, it's like some like big villain or hero. It's something. Also, it's like, yeah, he was there. I also oh, was, think it was, it was Doom. I also think it was a way for them to introduce Jimmy Woo into this from the Ant-Man movies and yeah. also play up the West Coast Avengers timeline that it looks like they're gonna dive into a bit with White Vision and you know, just a lot of the things that occurred throughout WandaVision. Being that Jimmy Woo's from the West Coast, I think it play it makes a lot of sense that like he's going to be involved with the West Coast Avengers story. Yeah. I yeah. mean I, I think what what's gonna I mean, I'll go into the theory later, but the West Coast Avengers is looking like as you said, more and more likely every single day. I agree. Yeah, so he calls his boys at Quantico if they can be there within the hour. Meanwhile, uh, Agatha ambushes Wanda at the town center, revealing uh, the Darkhold contains a chapter dedicated to the Scarlet Witch. First time we hear 
the Darkhold mentioned completely in MCU canon. It looks completely different from the one from like Runaways and anywhere else it's popped up. So I'm going to assume right now Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Runaways and things like that are not MCU canon. Disney said, yeah, we're going to get rid of those ABC shows. Let's, uh, let's just keep moving forward. It's like, even though, we, even though we own ABC, you guys aren't coming in yet. Yeah. It, it makes sense because they might want to recap. Because that show, I don't watch it, but I know that show has had some, like, lesser... Uh, it sounds wrong, but you know what I mean? Like, like lesser heroes and villains pop mm-hmm. up. So they might want to, like, Disney might want to cast them themselves yeah. in, in the new phase. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was kind of, it, like, had its moments. It's not something I'd want to, like, put fully in the MCU. And, like, the other two ABC shows, Inhumans and Runaways, I just want to keep liking the MCU forever because they were terrible. (laughs) I I think, if anything, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. potentially pops up in, like, Secret Invasion, which we'll get into later. Um, Return of Coulson. I was just gonna say Return of the Coulson. So we'll we'll talk about that as well. But according to the Darkhold, the Scarlet Witch is forged into existence, which is very important, uh, and not bound to a coven or uh, incantation or incarnation, and possesses magic surpassing that of the Sorcerer Supreme. Insert Peter Griffin scene from Family Guy. <laughs> they said it. They said it. They said the thing. Uh, <laughs> The Scarlet Witch is destined to destroy the world, and as Wanda attempts to reject any correlation to legend, Agatha releases every citizen from Wanda's enthrallment, uh, immediately guilt her with uh, pleadings and questions about their loved ones, and we come to find out that Dottie's real name is Sarah, and according to like Wikipedia pages and everything, her last name is Proctor. You guys remember the Crucible from back in the day. <laughs> Um, oh, that's why I looked at you like that. Years. I was like, whoa, that's... Uh, but she's also married to homeboy that had the, the thick mustache, so she could have potentially married into that name, or he took her name, but it seems like there's kind of a bit of a potential tie-in now that we know Agnes is chilling in Westview still. Uh, potentially she pops up and tries to dig deep into some of these people's family histories uh, and create a new coven. Sarah Proctor um, Witch question mark? I mean seeing the way that she was left at the end of the series I, I, that'd be like huge for somewhat like later down the line to come back and see when uh, the fallout from the series is revealed at least because but. big thing and we'll get into that point but when Wanda does the thing and she reverts back to, to Agnes she still has that brooch yeah so that's big I think and she called her Agatha after that too uh so. she did say agnes she said i'll be seeing you agnes and then she said not if i see you first um damn so there's a lot that could unfold and i i'm so glad that it seems like katherine hahn is going to be a mainstay in the mcu for a while I'm, this might be a hot take but i think the only true villain of wandavision was hayward i don't think that like, yes and no. Uh, like, Agatha is definitely, or Agnes is definitely bad, but I, I can see where you're coming from because I, I, I thought personally that she wanted the power so she could make a new coven, like Kyle said. Yeah. Because that's initially like, what she did. She wants to do something really bad, but I don't think her uh, motives are evil. I was, 
Like, I'd say there's a difference between being just like a like a, a bad person in general, which is what I think Agatha is. Yeah, yeah. To a full blown supervillain, which is oh what yeah, no, get in Mephisto, I, I agree with you on I that level. Like, yeah. Yeah, I view her more on like the level of like a Killmonger or like a, a Loki or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's about Or like her intentions well. her intentions are good, but the execution behind them aren't as yeah. good. I was gonna say in her old coven I, I read that she literally when the witches or warlocks weren't powerful enough, she just turned them over to the authorities and got them burned at the yeah. stake. So she's not exactly the most benevolent yeah. leader. <laughs> but still like especially compared to Hayward though. Oh, I, I still stand I feel like, uh, uh, Catherine Han for I, life, but <laughs> I feel like Agatha was like trying to again, trying to help Wanda because she does flip flop a lot. Yeah. So. There's, there's definitely more that we're going to get from Catherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness, which is very exciting. Um, and she's standing in front of that billboard that said, you know, like, created by Mother Nature, showing that, like, Wanda's powers are, like, natural and, like, they're not forged Mutants. or anything. They're forged, you know, she was born with them. Um, and Wanda's just kind of like, I didn't learn magic. Nobody gave, you know, she's kind of denying everything that's going on. And then... Um, you know, she uh, is telling everybody, you know, I was trying to keep you safe. She bursts out and, and does one of her, you know, big old releases of, of chaos magic and creates like choking bands around each person's neck. It starts to suffocate them. Um, hearing hearing Mrs. Hart Kitty from that 70s show say, oh. uh, <laughs> then just let us die. I was like, no, oh. no, not Kitty. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Red, maybe, but not you. <laughs> Wanda, I'm going to shove it up your ass. Uh, <laughs> and then she releases them, and then the the anomaly starts to open, and it kind of looks like the Red Sea with Moses, trying to like, letting the people go, but it's also letting in uh, more bad guys. Uh, yeah, but- joke's on them, though. That opening yeah, was uh- mad far away. The, uh, Kitty was not running there in time. <laughs> Facts. And then uh, back at home, Billy senses that... Uh, Wanda had her outburst, prompting him and Tommy to rush over. And I was like, let's go. Let's go. The boys are about to be back in action. Uh, Wanda quickly, she reverses the choking spells, like I said, and then um, she begins to destroy the hex. The barrier opens up. Hayward and the troops uh, from S.W.O.R.D. get into Westview to eliminate Wanda. And then uh, as the reality dissipates, Wanda's vision, Billy and Tommy begin to come apart very house of m style with like the jigsaw puzzle piece situation looking like tetris um leading her to stop the process as uh as the maximoff family reunites they're confronted by agatha spectral vision and hayward's platoon of troops agatha attacks the troops lifting them uh into the air wanda stops their fall um wanda and vision leave to continue their confrontation with agatha and then, uh, and White Vision, respectively, leaving the children to fend off Hayward. Did you guys uh, pick up when they kind of formed together and was like, you boys, we didn't prepare you for this, but you were born for it. And then they did that scene where they're all standing together. Very Incredibles-esque. I, yeah. It's it looked awesome. exactly like the Incredibles. And it's like- Which is a massive callback to episode six when the Incredibles was on the movie theater marquee. Incredibles canon and Marvel. Uh, I was like, let's go. 
I was so hyped because you kind of heard like that subtle Marvel music underneath. I was like, let's go. They're about to whoop some ass. Oh, yeah. I was so hyped. And then, I mean, the second after uh, one of the things we were born for this vision took off. Oh, my God. So hype. Dude, I was like jumping up and down at like 3.30 in the morning. I was like, let's go. <laughs> and then uh, Vision and Spectral Vision, they end up in the library. And uh, How fitting. Wanda goes, boys, take care of the military. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. Let's do it for mom. And then uh, I love it. Billy uses his uh, telekinetic power and Tommy uses his super speed. And uh, Billy kind of... Billy kind of like yeah. mom controls the military to kind of like freeze them. And then Tommy goes, stops all the troops, takes a hat very much like Evan Peters does in the X-Men movie. That's uh, a good scene. And yeah, I was going to say, the only thing that I, I don't like about that scene is that we didn't get everything like slowed down and like see yeah. how uh, Tommy was messing with the guys. I, I was waiting for scene. Sweet Dreams to play. Yeah, yeah. that would be crazy. Model, just one of those two. I just like how they're having time of their lives, basically. Oh, it's Wanda's awesome. over here fighting for her life, and then Vision and Vision are having like a freaking battle of the brain, like a wits. <laughs> like, oh, yes, we heard of this theory, of course. The, the, the most philosophical, deep way to end things. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like the epic rap battle. Go out, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's fitting for the character. Also, also library, like I said, how fitting. Yeah, it's it it just, yeah, right. The uh, the kids redirect everything to point it and aim it towards Agatha, prompting Hayward to emerge from his vehicle. And man, Hayward is the living embodiment of the Michael Jordan "fuck them kids" meme, <laughs> because homie was ready to do whatever it took to shoot those kids because he he was obviously gonna miss with the first shot, but then Monica pops through and we see a whole new level of her powers where she kind of just like made bullets just drop and like they went with her like spectral being and this is again why we say that she's going to be spectrum in the mcu not photon um and her eyes turned like yellow this time which was also different so we've seen like her eyes go different colors i guess depending on what level of like radiation and what level of like the spectrum of things are on so i'm guessing it's from the gun firing is the the radiation from that and then we also see billy use his powers to stop one of the bullets uh that goes right by monica's face and uh she goes cool trick cool powers and he's like yeah i like yours too um so, very cool I, I, got a, I got a little theory about uh monica's powers like uh, there's this character in dc called halo and she like glows with a different color every time she uses a different one of her powers. So like one like purple correlates to something. I can't remember her powers exactly, but like each color correlates to something else. Yeah, I think Monica's so, powers like, are going to be very, very much like that. Where it's like depending on the level of radiation that's coming from whatever yeah. she's using is how her powers get activated. So like maybe yellow, she can go on like start phasing through things, make her body as solid as she wants it to be. Like the blue, see different kind of, like the wavelength, the purple, just like the text spells. And we'll just yeah. see what else she can do from here, I guess. Monica yeah, is one she... powerful some bitch. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. wouldn't she be able to use it technically anywhere in the hex? Because the hex emits radiation as well. Yeah. So like when she first broke through, like the only time we like really saw the hex for what it was 
was yeah. through Monica's like point of view, which I thought was yeah. Very so cool. that's so the hex is literally the best spot for her to be able to use her powers then. Yeah, because it has its radiation level. So uh, her powers seem like they could be like ever changing as well, um, which is pretty cool. And then after Hayward misses both of his shots, his gun is out of bullets. Um, and then he tries to get back into his vehicle, ram through each of them. And I'm just like, this man has done gone off the rails. But then he stopped by the, the funnel cake truck driven by Darcy Lewis and says, have fun in prison. Uh, and don't forget, like, because when things go into the hex, they maintain, you know, their what they were before. And what that food truck was, was a, a sword truck. So that's why she was able to ram through and, and kind of debunk what Hayward was trying to do. Yeah, very much so. Um, so then we go to the library and the two visions, <laughs> very age of Ultron esque where Ultron really and Vision was. were kind of, you know, going back and forth on like a, uh, an intellectual level and while beating the shit out of each other. we, we get a, yes. we get a ship of Theseus <laughs> just conundrum that, uh, spectral vision requests more. <laughs> information and more details on and it's you know essentially spectral vision declares that his prime directive is to destroy the vision and both admit to not being the true vision and spectral vision uh does not have the mind stone nor the memories while wanda's creation does uh not have the mind stone uh but just possesses the organic material uh or does not possess the organic material like white vision does and Wanda's vision suggests that the original vision's memories are being stored away for the sake of a more easily controlled sentient weapon. Wanda's vision restores the memories of spectral vision, which I thought that scene was awesome. And it was kind of just yeah, like a quick nice. burst, like MCU timeline of everything that ever happened to vision. Yeah, and the way it was done too, the politeness between the two of them, it showed that uh, spectral vision, white vision, he finally like realized, oh wait, I'm just a weapon at this point. I I want to be more, and that's the one like one of the things I really love about Vision as a character. All three incarnations of him have woken up from something and immediately started questioning who they are. It's yeah, we, we get more of that later on in the episode as well. Um, but Spectral Vision now freed from Sword's control, and you kind of see like the robotic eyes go to Paul Bettany's eyes. Um, his past life is restored and then spectral vision realizes that he is now the one true vision. And then he flies away through, uh, you know, the ceiling of, of the library and flies into Westview. A lot of people are just wondering, okay, where did white vision go? I want to get your guys theory on potentially where white vision flew off to another library to learn more tricks. <laughs> uh, I, I'm guessing so much secluded uh, to figure out who, what, who, what he is, who, what he is, kind of like that kind of thing, before coming back and either finding Wanda again for, well, as I say later, to say hello again or meet again, or go to the West Coast and become an Avenger in his own right. Yeah, I think that one. I, I think he went to go meet another Marvel character. I just don't know who. Like it, like, 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 use his memories and figure out like who he deems. I, I don't want to say intelligent. I, I don't know. Maybe he's gonna go visit the grave of Tony. I don't know. Like he's it, who, who knows. 
Yeah, I, I think there's potential that he goes to Sword HQ and sees like what they were doing to him, and it was like they were really like busting me up like this. Um, could potentially go to like Avengers HQ, um, or like you said, like goes. I think White Vision ends up being like the the Nick Fury to the Young Avengers, where like he kind of like teaches them the way of like how to harness their power and harness like their intelligence and everything like that. Um, because it's obvious that mm-hmm. this is not the last we're seeing of Vision as a character. Um, I mean, he's doing Agreed. a lot of like character traits too. He's finally just not a walking computer anymore. Like, yeah, he's fun. People, people like seeing him on uh, the screen, and who better to train a group of young Avengers, young West Coast Avengers, than a literal walking AI with empathy? Yeah, and White Vision is in the comics True. part of the West Coast Avengers, so it's definitely not the end for Vision yeah. whatsoever. Uh, and especially when Paul Bettany teased about the the big cameo that happened to be himself, uh, he said that Legend. he also couldn't talk about Mephisto in fear of being fired. Uh, which, if yeah. in fear of Paul being Bettany's fired, in fear of being fired, to me means he's still under contract for a lot more Marvel projects. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I def- I definitely see that. That that makes sense. Uh, as Wanda's vision reunites with the ch- with uh, his children, Wanda ambushes Agatha, subjecting her to a hallucination, very much like she did to all the Avengers, uh, to kind of like make them revisit their biggest fears. Uh, and it makes Agatha revisit her 1693 trial and attempted execution. And as the corpses of the deceased witches begin to reanimate, they recognize Zombies. Wanda. As the Scarlet would do. Speaking of that, I was gonna get into it, but here, did they not have like Red Skull vibes to you? The withered kind of like the way that they just did like the the seed. Yeah, Yeah. they looked very much like Red Skull. Yeah, I I definitely got that vibe. Just Dead Skull. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So as the corpses of the deceased witches begin to reanimate, like I said, they recognize Wanda as the Scarlet Witch, uh, the Harbinger of Chaos, as Wanda is tied to the stake. Agatha offers to keep Westview in her false reality uh, in exchange for Wanda's power because she doesn't know how to use it. Let me rewrite your spell and everything. And Wanda seemingly accepts the bargain, transferring the chaos energy uh, and her life force to the witch. However, this is revealed to be a hoax as Wanda had cast the same runes Agatha had used in her basement to nullify her magic on the walls of the hex. And she proceeds to absorb a powerless Agatha's magic morphing into the Scarlet Witch as depicted in Legend. We finally see Wanda in costume, and my goodness, did Marvel nail this one million percent with her costume. Correct. Mar- yeah, Marvel costumes, I feel, are usually, like, spot-on hits or extreme misses, like the Captain America tail, like, you know, but, yeah. And Wanda saying, like, I don't need you to tell me who I am, transforms, and everybody... Going with Dylan's, you know, hope and dream of saying, you know, kind of look like Michael Fassbender Magneto. I saw a different theory, and I kind of agree with this one, where it's like that dark red, so you have the scarlet involved, but she absorbed Agatha's power. So there's some purple in Wanda's suit. And then there's also along, I believe, the, the boots part of it, there's kind of like hidden, minuscule, like blue stripes that go along with the the other witches from the coven of that energy that she absorbed. 
So there's bits and pieces of like each witch that Wanda has kind of taken into her own power and absorbed huh. into being her own, which I think is an awesome thing by Marvel. And then in her crown, it looks like there is the M that was on Agatha's basement wall uh, as like one of the runes. And then her belt also has a nifty looking like rune style design on it. Um, so it's pretty cool that like some of her like key components of her outfit have like rune magic involved with it. Uh, you just you pointed out me? more detail than I realized because I was blinded by the fact that it looked like Magneto's suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you guys make of? What did you make of that whole scene though? When like you have the red energy just like swirling around and everything, Wanda. We see Elizabeth Olsen turn into a zombie herself. I thought that was a really like awesome touch to show that like her her energy was being drained, and also when she was kind of firing off the chaos magic. I picked this up the second time I watched it. A couple of them hit, like, the walls of the hex. Yeah. My thought that was, was her, that was her casting the runes. That was definitely what it was, yeah. I, That's I, what I, I, I can yeah. see her purposely missing. She, they were flying all over, and she was aiming at different spots just to get those runes on there. I her. thought the same thing. I knew it had to play the part because of the earlier conversation when Agatha made sure to be sassy and say, silly girl. <laughs> Every witch knows the runes do this, and I'm like, okay, that's coming back at some point. Also, how Chaos fun was it? Becomes Agatha's runes. <laughs> how fun was it when Agatha tries to use the chaos magic and it didn't work? It was very much like when Thanos tried to snap and it didn't work. Classic. <laughs> I was like, no, yes, she this just is to use it, and then uh, Wanda's just sitting there, and I am. The Scarlet Witch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Agatha warns Wanda about her unparalleled power, offering herself as a tutor to the Scarlet Witch. However, Wanda uh, instead places Agatha under a spell that reverts the witch's personality and appearance to her Agnes character or the character that she chose, the nosy neighbor. The nosy neighbor. Which I thought was an awesome callback because that was like the first interview Catherine Hahn ever did, and that was like what her character was like classified as up until WandaVision came out was the nosy neighbor um, trapping her in Westview. And, you know, that's when we get the. Hiya, hun. <laughs> did I leave the oven on? Or... <laughs> Not just you. Uh, which also very interesting, I mean, like which callback with Hansel and Gretel? Did I leave the oven on? Um, oh, oh yeah, didn't even think about that. Yeah. I did not think about that either. And then Kyle coming in with a game. Wanda says that uh, I'll be seeing you, Agnes, and she says not if I see you first. And Agatha also like talks about how like she doesn't know what you've unleashed by doing this. Mephisto. Totally Mephisto. Like we're not dying. We're the Mephisto train is still alive. It might be a little off the rails because it didn't happen in WandaVision, but you don't do everything you did from episodes one through nine to not eventually unveil Mephisto one way or another. They hundred and twelve percent will. I think we I think we talked about this before how like they brought in witches now into Marvel. Like like the only other magic character we had, like we had Scarlet but she wasn't Scarlet Witch then, and we had Doctor Strange and his people. But now we have like Covens, we had Wanda, we have Whole Earth and Chaos Magic. Have Chaos no, and Dark now, Hold. Do you have the, the Scarlet Witch now? Is finally coming through. 
Yeah, we have we have magical runes now. Like if you said that like eight um, uh, movies ago, I would say, "What the hell?" You had a goat head <laughs> on a basement wall. Like yeah, yeah, we had yeah. a whole a whole witch vibe, a, a, a freaking Sarah Proctor meme, bro. Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, definitely, Mephisto is going to pop up one way or another, and I think it's very cool how they're kind of just like trapping Agatha in Westview, and it's like, okay, if Wanda needs her, she knows where to go to find her. That, yeah. That's exactly what the, they're setting up for the next uh, Doctor Strange movie. Like, I, one of the first scenes is going to be uh, Wanda and Doctor Strange having to go back to Westview because Wanda's going to realize, oh, she was trying to warn me about this and going to pick her up to get some help. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, kind of deading off Agatha from this... Uh, this episode and then eventually seeing her again, but she's now Agnes again. So Agatha's kind of quote unquote dead right now in the MCU. And what better way to introduce our WandaVision stateside vodka cocktail of the week than with the final one for WandaVision. And that is the red death cocktail uh, brought to you by stateside vodka, the fastest growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. It's seven times distilled certified gluten free, Blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market with a mineral composition on the same spectrum of electrolytes as that sports drink that starts with a G. And it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. And it's won awards for best package in the world. So go to statesidevodka.com right now to purchase your one liter vodka bottles and get our discount with promo code USP to get 10% off your order. That's statesidevodka.com, promo code USP for 10% off. Your order must be 21 or older to order. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Of course. So, the Red Death Cocktail, Dylan. It is one ounce of Southern Comfort, one ounce of Stateside Ooh. Vodka, half an ounce of Slow Gin, one half ounce Triple Sec, one half ounce Blackberry Damn. Brandy, two ounces of orange juice, one ounce of pineapple juice. Mix it all together. That one is... It's, That's nice. It is the Red Death cocktail brought to you by Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Must be 21 or older to order at statesidevodka.com. Promo code USP gets you 10% off the one liter vodka bottles at statesidevodka.com. And of course, please drink responsibly. So Dylan, after that, we get, you know, Sad. Wanda <laughs> saying, you know, I'll be seeing you. And then we see... Uh, kind of the hex begin to shrink and reverse its reality overwrite across all of Westview. And, uh, you know, we get the Maximoff family going back to their home for the final time. Wanda bids farewell to her children with one of the most, like, gut-punching, stab-you-in-the-heart lines as well, thanking, she says, boys, thank you for Ugh. choosing me to be your mom. Uh, dude, that... Right it, in the feels. That- that hit hard. Do you think they realized that they weren't real? I don't know, and it's an interesting they're, they're children, way. So they're naive, you know what I mean? It's interesting that she said it that way. That like they chose her, being that like there's potential. You know, your soul thing might be correct. The theory that you said that like they might come back. Yeah, as like the Sprouse twins. Hopefully, that not oh, my theory. That would be and amazing. Then, like she, she's like, huh? Here's these two twins. Yeah. It's um I don't think they know that they aren't real but yeah. I think that they're potentially pulled from another reality 
one way or another, or that they are part of Mephisto's I'm, soul. I'm sure they'll explore that later at some point. Which we get a tease of uh, at the very end of this yes, episode yes. as well. Um, but then they, they turn the lights off, and that's the final time we see Billy and Tommy. And then uh, Wanda and Vision prepare to uh, bid each other goodbye. Vision voices wonder... Um, you know, That's he's wearing the what old, 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 yeah, and, yeah, uh, no. everybody is now memeing Vision to be the Rock in his face. I, I was trying to, I was trying to make that joke, but you got there first. <laughs> uh, Vision starring in Young Rock Tuesdays on Peacock. It, it looks good with the turtleneck, dog. It looks good. I was, dude. I kid you not. As soon as I saw Vision like that forest green turtleneck, I ran right on Amazon. I was like, all right, can I buy a, a forest green sweatshirt or something? I was like, damn. Vision should if he if he gets if that Vision ever gets brought back, he should only wear a turtleneck. <laughs> Paul Bettany is styling and profiling all the time. He uh, is honestly. Then Wanda and Vision kind of, you know, bid each other goodbye. And like I said, Vision is wondering, you know, what he is. And, you know, he's like, first I was a voice with no body, then a body, but not human. And now a memory. And he wonders what his next form will take uh, as, you know, he and Wanda kind of profess their love for each other. And Wanda says that, you know, he's a piece of the Mind Stone that lives within her. Um He's like wires, blood, and bone that she created, and he is her sadness, her hope, and most of all, her love. And when Vision says, you know, who knows what I'll be next, that's when I was like, okay, Vision's definitely not done in the MCU. Yeah, that's that's probably the point where I also realized that this character is probably going to come back. And this is kind of like the, the moment in the comics where like Wanda and Vision quote-unquote break up they're not exactly together but it's almost like wanda's gonna go do her thing and do whatever it takes to get the boys back while vision is now spectral vision he's gonna go do his own thing and then eventually they're probably going to meet up in a different universe in a different multiverse you know area and that's when they'll all be a happy family again yeah that's probably the way it's gonna go it's just interesting to me that she always wanted children and I think it just shows you how much she loved Vision. Not saying she doesn't love her kids, but she chose to spend the last mm-hmm. seconds of them dissipating with Vision oh, over yeah. her children um, to give you an idea of how much she loves the the man. For sure. And then the hex fully disappears and with it the house, Vision, Billy, and Tommy and so, then walking through, you know, it, it, they come back and I saw somebody do this is a total gut punch for everybody that when Wanda first creates the hex, her right hand is higher up. And then when everything goes away, it's her left hand. And they were like, I don't think this is a mistake. They think the last thing that disappeared with the hex was her wedding ring. Uh, I was like, Oh my God. I'm hurt. (laughs) I was, I was just like pain, so much pain. Um, but then Wanda puts her hood up and goes through, uh, the streets of Westview as she gets stared down by all the citizens and it it was super hostile. Uh, and then she sees Monica who reveals that Monica says, you know, given my power, I would have done everything. It would have, you know, I could have to bring my mom back. So I understand what you're doing. 
Wanda apologizes for her actions and admits that, you know, she doesn't know a lot about her powers, but she will. And then as authority figures arrive, uh, they say goodbye to each other. And then Wanda flies away from Westview, <laughs> puts on kind of a hybrid version of her costume, uh, observes the Westview sign one last time before departing. And then that's when we go to credits. And then we get a mid credit scene, which fired us up. I know it fired you up because we've been talking about it for a couple weeks now. Uh, Monica reunites with Jimmy and says, oh, power looks good on you, Jimmy. Uh, and they ask where Darcy went, and she said debriefing is for the week, which is kind of interesting that we don't know exactly where yeah. Darcy's going to end up. I think that's the bigger part of the cameo, and now that I look back at it, let's go on. Because I know, I'm pretty sure she's confirmed for the next Thor movie as well. She is, but it's interesting that she just dipped so quickly. Yeah. Um. So then we see Hayward get taken out in handcuffs, good fuck that guy uh and then she's called into the movie theater by an fbi agent they get in and uh <laughs> boom hello secret invasion a scroll sent by an old friend of her mother regarding an intergalactic mission uh pops up and says somebody now, who does the old friend was because people so... are people on the internet are People are speculating, and I thought it at first, but as I watched it again, I don't think it is. People thought it was the original scroll from. Like, I thought it was Nick Fury. The steps and stuff. Oh, you're talking about who? Yeah, yeah. The scroll yeah, is. Yeah. Oh, it's totally Nick Fury because oh, okay. remember, WandaVision happens directly after Endgame, and then after WandaVision is when Far From Home takes place. And then yeah, that, and there's no, and there's no way that 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 that. Nick Fury is definitely not Nick Fury. It's a scroll. Yeah, that post credit scene in Far From Home when Nick Fury's up in the space station and everything, that's totally what they're talking about. Yeah, so the so the, the one on Earth is not the real one. So there's that, and Monica's finally not going to be grounded anymore, finally gets to go into outer space like she always wanted to, uh, and that is honestly the first domino of Secret Invasion because Skrulls are back, and uh, they're back, baby. It's going to be one hell of a ride with Skrull Search, um, and then it clicks off, and I was like, "All right, cool, here we go." And then we get an end credit scene, so we get two post-show credit scenes, and uh, I people on the internet are so fast, dude. I was I saw a video and I listened to it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" So the music playing when we get that beautiful mountain landscape showing up and kind yeah, of in like a, a point of view camera almost, um, the music playing is to the same tune as the lullaby Wanda sings with the kids in episode three it was. And I was so? like, this is awesome. Um, and then... People are speculating a ton about where Wanda exactly is. There's a whole bunch, a bunch of theories. Sokovia is one. Uh, people have said that it's potentially Bruce Banner's cabin. Other people have talked about it where it's potentially the place where uh, Wolverine was created. A uh, whole the bunch cabin, of The cabin had like either it looked like Slavic or like Icelandic marks yeah. on it. it so was, that narrows it down. Or they were runes. Um which a lot True. of people have also so that could said. Be anywhere. 
But where it was filmed, that scenery, it's not yeah. anywhere near us. It's gorgeous. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought, I thought Switzerland or something like that, Alps or somewhere. Very Thanos-esque, too, where Wanda's just kind of chilling on her porch by yeah, herself bro. in seclusion. Freaking Marvel loves these seclusion scenes. Yeah, um, it loves the villains just chilling, <laughs> smoking, a so- smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Wanda's sipping on some tea, which I think is very important. Uh, goes back in after she hears the tea kettle going off, picks up a piping hot tea kettle with her bare hands, uh, pours it in, and then we kind of just pan through again to the back bedroom and we see the Scarlet Witch being astral projected, reading the Darkhold. Yeah, so I'm glad you worded like that because that, to me, this scene... This was a Doctor Strange cameo without even yep. being Doctor Strange. Because the music forget playing. Doctor Str- yeah. Oh, the music. I was Doctor that. Strange's I was theme. Say, there you go. Okay, so you're already one step ahead of me. I was just going to say because of how she projected herself, yeah. Doctor Strange is able to do the same thing. And then we hear Tommy and Billy yelling out for their mom to help them from the Darkhold. And then it cuts to a red flash. And then that is the end of WandaVision. Let's talk about this, this post credit scene, though, Dylan, because... Like you said, it's super important. It's the Doctor Strange cameo without Doctor Strange actually popping up. Um, when it when it comes in, like I said when I was talking about it, it's kind of like a point of view camera where you're almost like following it in as if you're being put, like brought into Wanda's yeah. world where she's at now. And which I wouldn't mind being Elizabeth Olsen as well. But <laughs> I think the biggest difference though from when Doctor Strange is astral projecting or when anybody does is they're typically like incapacitated or they're asleep where like we saw with Doctor Strange in his movie where he was asleep when he was, you know, reading and astral projecting. Wanda's fully awake. Well, she's the strongest. It said that that she's stronger than the Sorcerer right. Supreme. And I think that is super important that like she's able to read the Darkhold, figure out what her powers are figure out what she's tea all at the same time and like how she's going to get these kids back all while being awake so maybe she can basically separate the scarlet witch from the wanda that makes sense yeah it is i think that's a, a big bigger deal than a lot of people are making it out to be um also in episode seven when agatha was preparing tea for wanda I think it could be like the the tea from the flowers that are in the comics that eventually are the reason why Sparky got killed. No, the vines I, growing Jesus. in. Oh, Sparky! The vines that are growing in Agatha's basement as well. The Wonder Gore Everbloom, I think it is. Um, I think that could play a, a big part in this potentially of like how she's able to do it while she's awake using kind of that that plant. Um. What did you make uh, of these two post-credit scenes, though? Um, the first one is pretty self-explanatory. It just com- basically confirms what you and I have been thinking, and others that Nick Fury is not on the Earth for quite a while, and his Nick Furyness that we've seen in several adaptations is actually a scroll, lining up to the fact that the scrolls are back, secret invasion. That's self-explanatory. The second one's a little more open-ended because it gives you the like. If, we, if you didn't know any better, and, it, and if you showed people certain limelights of Wanda from her show, it's almost literally identical to like her being a villain, like Thanos, and just chilling, like post, like I accomplished what I want to accomplish. 
But in reality, she's not doing that. She's kind of she kind of isolated herself, probably out of fear of the powers, because she just held a whole town hostage, and they don't like her. Those people are going to have PTSD for the rest of their lives, uh, sharing Wanda's nightmares and visions. Um, so I think she's isolated for that reason, so she can just conduct research, and also she's probably a fugitive again because of that. Yeah, so so she's hiding, and I think she's. Ex- I don't think people are trying to say she's purpose purposely looking for her children. I don't think she was purposely doing that. I just think she was studying her powers, and she happened to hear their voices, and then she's going from there. See, I'm on the train that Wanda's going to be the villain in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I see. That's that's. I was actually going to agree. Uh, not agree with that. Well, we agreed that. But I was going to bring that. I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if she's the villain. Because she's trying hard to get her family back. And the reason she's going to be the villain is shown to you in that post credit scene where she's astral projecting, learning about her powers so that she has enough information to go and do whatever it takes. Haha, <laughs> very Avengers pun there. Um, to get her kids back and get her family back together. And no matter what happens, she's going to do it at whatever cost it takes. And that's when Doctor Strange is going to come into play and, like, kind of potentially have, like, that ship of Theseus, like, vision conversation with Wanda to be like, hey, like, we, you need to harness your powers for good and you need to realize, like, what you're capable of. Um, I, I think Wanda is being set up to be the villain because of how many parallels there are, you know, to Thanos with the seclusion scene and kind of just harnessing, you know, what potentially could happen with her powers. Obviously, Elizabeth Olsen is confirmed for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Paul Bettany maybe, is also... Maybe she's the one that brings about Mephisto. Yeah, or I, I totally think that's Grim, what happens. The Grim Reaper, or brings about Nightmare, or summons... Um, What's his face? The one in Doctor Strange. Uh, Dormammu? 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Chiffon, the one that, like, gives Wanda her powers in the comics. Like, I think Wanda's powers, she's going to harness them, and she breaks open, like, the multiverse. Wanda's pulling Anakin Skywalker. She's trying to bring back Natalie Portman. But she wants wants the kids. She's not going to kill the kids. Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously, of course, of course. But the the, the, uh, similarities there in terms of she's putting... She's not... See, I I read a post the other day about... I'm not sure about... It's about a show I watch, but it correlates. So it said a hero is willing to sacrifice. Like a hero would sacrifice you or me if it was to save the world. No question. They'd also sacrifice themselves and they'd sacrifice a loved one. We have to realize villains aren't always the bad guys per se. Like how Harrison earlier was trying to say like Agatha's not as bad as other people. But a villain by definition is what she would be. You're right. She's not, she might not be an outright villain, but she'd be an outright villain in the sense where she's willing to sacrifice anyone to get her family back. Because also, don't forget villainous. the line that Agatha delivers when Wanda hasn't become the Scarlet Witch yet, like with her costume and everything, and she says, yeah. uh, a hero wouldn't cause people to suffer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But a villain and, would. Yes, and, I and think a, villain would, a villain would place the lives and safeties of others or the whole world like being able to get her family back. Yeah, so I totally think Wanda is going to event like going to be the villain in Multiverse of Madness because she's going to be the one that has the power and the capability to burst open the multiverse and it's going to 
bring in the I likes think of she's Mephisto the one and, and everything. And we already know in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that's coming out as well, the, the villain confirmed for that movie is Kang the Conqueror. Time traveling can go through... Uh, the multiverse is kind of time travel uh, prone, like doesn't kind of follow the same rules. So there's there's a lot that's going to be done with that movie. And I, I said it before, too. Everyone kind of has to look at WandaVision because it's so different, too, from what Marvel's done before in terms of just like a plot line and storyline. But also Marvel's never had a show series run like this where you kind of have to look at it as the end game. Haha. <laughs> lens of it's kind of like Iron Man 1 I see what you did there <laughs> where you know it's the first installment of this type of event that is going to grow and there's going to be more to come from it and there's going to be a lot that is um kind of derived from WandaVision now and again remember WandaVision was supposed to be the fourth title in phase 4 not the first so some things are going to change but I think the way that the MCU is now being set up to involve the multiverse, involve, you know, the West Coast Avengers, the Young Avengers, Wanda is now the Scarlet Witch, she has her powers, she's harnessing her powers, learning about them, and she's studying the Darkhold, which can unleash uh, a blitzkrieg of, of villainy. Marvel is going to open up a, a page of their book that I don't think a lot of people are ready for or yeah, were no, ever ready for. But once it's here, you're going to be locked and loaded with a bunch of wild stuff. I completely stuff. agree. And by the way, I, I think you're right. But I think she might not be the villain in the context or confines that she's like villainous. I just think she's going to accidentally or unknowingly or, or maybe purposely open the book like you're saying for her her own goals and then to kind of have that moment where like oh shit <laughs> it's like yeah it's gonna I, be it's I gonna done be, messed up <laughs> like i think it could be one of those things where like she doesn't realize that she's helping like a mephisto or something like that but what she's doing by like doing whatever it takes altering different universes to try to find billy and tommy who in the comics are part of mephisto's soul bringing mephisto to the forefront you're introducing you know, one of the big bads of, of the MCU that a lot of people are hoping for and speculating about and have been for months. Yeah, no, that's it, true. Uh, I guess we'll have to see where it goes from here. We'll have to see soon what we get with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, which we will be covering just like we did WandaVision, but as we always do, before we get into like our, our what's next and our fan questions and everything like that, uh, as we always do, we rate the, the, we try to guess the rating of the episode and, uh, Dylan, the review aggregator website, Rotten Tomatoes reported a blank percentage approval rating with an average score of blank out of 10 based on 22 reviews. All right. So I've been going a little high. So I'll say for the, for the numerical, for the one to 10, I will say 8.5. And then for the percentage, I will say 91. So, this kind of confuses me. The Rotten Tomatoes reported percentage is 82% approval rating with an average score of 7.78 out of 10 based on 22 reviews. The site's critical consensus reads, The series finale implodes WandaVision's intimacy in favor of, a, of bigger MCU bangs, and while it might not be the finale some fans were hoping for, 
it offers enough breadcrumbs to keep everyone guessing about the future of the multiverse. That's a fair assessment. Totally agree. I think the episode is rated way higher in my book just because, yes, we had fan theories and fan expectations and everything, but when everything was all said and done, I was super pleased with how the finale was was finished. There's a couple, you know, I don't want to say gripes, but a couple things here and there that like they, that yeah, could have been done differently. That's any television show you're going to want things done differently N- there's hardly any any shows or movies that you and i would both consider like perfect no no flaws at all definitely so what would you what's your uh rating which we're still thinking of a, a name for our ratings for shows and movies and everything but i think i the, might have come up with one the dylan the dylan fazbender scale <laughs> is it, is it, i'm gonna give it nine out of ten fazbenders <laughs> is it a zero or is it a ten out of fast, uh, no. Um, I'd probably give it like a nine point one or two because I really did enjoy it more than a lot of the critics apparently are, are giving it, and the common fan. I did let my own misconstrued, misconceived fan fiction get in the way. That's probably why it's down a couple points, but it's still good enough for what that review said, and I agree how it opens up a whole shit ton of doors for the future. So I still think it deserves some praise and the acting was good. Yeah. And I think you have to also include like the post credit scenes in your rating because it opens up so many doors, like you said. So I'm giving this episode a 9.2, just like you did, uh, out of 10. It, it was fantastic. It like, like we said at the top of the episode, it never took away from what the main focus of the show was. And that is to portray Wanda's grief, along with Vision being in, you know, what has gotten her to this point, how she's dealing with it, post-Avengers, like, depression, essentially, and how she's going to, you know, kind of reshape her life to what she wants it to be. I thought it was a a beautiful show overall, and we're going to get to our overall show rating as well. Um, But, I mean, Disney, Marvel, and everything, they've never done a show like this, so... This to be the first one and kind of take that horror, weird, funny sitcom approach, I thought it was damn near flawless from start to finish the way that they were able to attack WandaVision as a show and as, you know, an installment into the MCU to kick off phase four with how successful the first three phases of the MCU have been. I thought it was perfectly executed. Did, like, uh, awesome yeah. stuff. No, I I I couldn't agree more. I like the the risk to do the unknown to have a sitcom slash Twilight Zone slash X Files show um, for a superhero realm. Uh, it was interesting. It was a good risk. It, it it panned out. It's one of the more enjoyable shows I've watched in my lifetime. Um, it's already better than a couple of the movies in the Marvel universe, just because of its you know, ability to be different and stand out. So, no, I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, it was able to tell a story from week to week, the anticipation that was there every single Kept week. Guessing. Like, everybody being online at 3 a.m. Eastern time and watching this and then immediately going to Twitter, immediately going to Reddit, immediately going to TikTok and social media, like the social media involvement for WandaVision alone, even compared to just a couple years ago when Endgame came out, was night and day. Like, 
the biggest things you've gotten from Endgame on social media were LaShawn McCoy spoiling Endgame for everybody. Uh, and then everybody kind of memeing and, and making their own spin on the big scene when everybody comes back from the blip. WandaVision, every single week, there was a week full of memes, full of theories, full of just like unbelievable yeah. fan created content. And I'm excited to see how the social media aspect of things takes place throughout phase four, because if this is just the start with WandaVision, we're in for a wild ride on social media moving forward. Yeah. And we'll see how uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier affect the, the Twitters yeah. soon. Uh, so Dylan, I wanted to get your thought before we give our overall series rating for WandaVision about our potential ranking system. Obviously you got rotten tomatoes. I know the lights camera pod guys have like they're certified buttered or not buttered and it's popcorn. Cause it's in their logo. How, you know, it's movies and shows. They're kind of, you know, they can go off the reel or certified reeled kind of like a movie reel. Should that be our, our kind of like icon ranking system? I mean, as of now, I can't think of anything that, that, that sounds it's still workshopping. It's not official, but when it becomes official, you guys will know. But that was one of the things that's popped in my head over the last. Is week. it an underground or an above ground rating? Hey, oh, <laughs> but I, I was like, huh, maybe if we do like it's certified reeled or officially reeled or it's off the reels because it's just an off the rails show. Movie. I kind of like that. <laughs> so. Once we officially announce the ranking system, you guys will know about it. But, Dylan, your overall, as a series, scale 1 to 10, what would you give WandaVision? Overall, as a series, 1 to 10, I'd give it a 9. I have pretty high praise for this. Um, I think it I think it, it branched out. It tried new things for moral purposes. Um, it had good acting. Uh, it made us all fall in love with Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Um, like, literally, I think the internet's filled with simps for both of them, and rightfully so. Um, it, it opened up... The biggest thing for me is it opened up doors, not mm-hmm. not a door. So my only my only critique with the show, the only thing that sits on me about it, and it's not their fault, it's probably by design, is that if you know, if you like a hardcore Marvel nerd, you probably deduced that Agnes was Agatha about an episode two episodes in which in we did honesty. yeah but most people did and by by three or four the whole internet knew it because everyone was making theories about it so it's like we knew who a bad guy we didn't know if it was going to be the bad guy was from the get-go so it's like it's it's different because there are some Marvel movies where you don't know and you also know so i guess they were kind of keeping that trope but it also kept the Mephisto and other villain hopes alive because people were thinking, well, if we know who the villain is by the two, you know, two episodes in, there has to be someone else. So it could be by design, but that left me a little undesired because I like, I mean, I, I've said it before on for the Mandalorian as well. We're doing that. I like critical stuff. I like having mm-hmm. to think, which is why I like the show at the same time because there's tons of aspects where you have to really think. Um, so you had a nerdgasm during the ship of Theseus is what you're saying. Yeah, (laughs) essentially. Tyler and I looked at us and we were watching it and we were like, yo, we we know what this is. I request elaboration. (laughs) 
<laughs> we're like, ah, yes. We're actually, I think he actually was explaining this to me like a month ago. It was really weird. But uh, so it's, it's a good show. Um, I, I like the way it it went, and I, just, I give it a nine out of ten because, I mean, there are a few shows that I I don't, I don't think I give Mandalorian ten out of ten. There's all I can't even think of a show like I would say Game of Thrones, but the last two seasons killed that. Like Game of Thrones was a, was a ten out of ten for me, and the last two seasons were like a three out of ten. So it's like it's hard to give that ten out of ten rating, but a nine out of ten is definitely a higher mark in my eyes. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine point six out of ten. Um, pretty much like you said, like it was a perfect way to kick off Phase Four. Um, they did a lot of things that were calculated risks, and they paid off in a big way. Oh, for um, sure. I, I think it was a different approach to the MCU, and I loved every second of it. Being a big like sitcom fan, too, I thought that aspect was great. I know a lot of people were critical of those first two episodes because of how slow, quote-unquote, it started, but as it picked up, people were eating their words pretty quickly. A lot of people jumped on board, and you just saw the popularity of it. Like By episode five, it was the most popular show in the world. Um it was well executed, like the the way it was shot, the writing. It was it was a beautiful show from top to bottom. A lot of quotes I think from this show that will stick through the end of time, throughout the Avengers and and Marvel sagas. Um, yeah, you know it was a really awesome show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it, it's been very rare to have a show that builds up that much anticipation from week to week where we're in this generation and this timeline of, you know, being able to just binge through things and then it's done. The the anticipation that got built up each and every week and being able to theorize and project our thoughts, especially on this show and everything like that, it, it made it that much more special that it was a week-to-week event and it was almost like a mini-movie every week. It was like, everybody woke up at 3 a.m., we're going to the movies, but it was just in the comfort of your own home and it was a show. It was a, a mini-movie every yeah. single episode. I loved that aspect of it, and um, that's, that's way why, to put it. you know, the only quote-unquote gripes I have is, you know, like I said earlier, we don't know who Jimmy Woo's missing person was, and that could have just been like a, a flaw in the script, uh, and then it didn't bother me as much because I was never a big X-Men guy with the Fox X-Men movies. With Evan Peters being cast as you know Pietro yeah, and everything, me a bit too. it didn't bother me that much because I wasn't as invested in the X Men as a lot of people are. Um, but I think there's still, like you said, there's so many doors that have been kicked open that there's potential for anything to happen. Um, so it didn't bother me as much as some other people, but I can see why. But it also built up a lot of anticipation for a lot of different things. Um, and then the other thing is like. Homeboy Senior Scratchy got way too much screen time to not be of relevance at all. Uh, so they must yeah. have been paying him a pretty penny by the uh, the MCU paycheck book. Um, but that rabbit got all the all the carrots he wanted. But like we said, you know, it was a story about Wanda, a story about Vision, giving their characters more context, more importance in the MCU. And they never strayed away from that path. I thought Catherine Hahn was fantastic. And it, it was an awesomely executed show from top to bottom. 9.6 out of 10. It was damn near flawless. Harrison uh, sent me his uh, reviews. He said the series finale is a 10 out of 10 and a 100 out of 100 for me. Not because it was a perfect episode, but because of how it tied everything up 
and yet it left me wanting more. Perfect way to set up the new MCU phase. I agree, you know, and like like we said, tying in everything Facts from the post credit scenes. Like this is a show that not only set up Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it set up Secret Invasion, it set up Captain Marvel two. It, it sets up uh, kind of, you know, a, a potential plot line of, of West Coast Avengers, of the Young Avengers. Like, this is such a, a critical piece of Marvel Cinematic, you know, timeline that if you don't watch it, you're going to miss out on so much that happens moving forward. So it, it makes it just as important as any piece of Marvel material from the first three phases of Marvel. Yeah, and there's like you said, there's things like you made you made a good point. I forgot about Senior Scratchy. That that we could see that down the line. The with the X-Men West Coast thing, Avengers. The X Men the X Men thing pissed me off. We could like I said earlier in the show, we could still potentially see Evan Peters revise his role. He's in there for a reason. It's obviously they wanted to make a dick joke with power to the directors. <laughs> power to Kevin Feige. But, but at the same time, there's still that 10, 15, 5% chance, you know, and then Mephisto and then the chance. So, yeah, it's definitely important. I saw a meme about it the other day on TikTok. Um, it's like people who don't watch WandaVision four years, like four years from now. What's going on? It is It is going to be so cr- – it's almost like a WandaVision is the base of the Choose Your Own Adventure book, but – you have to go on all the adventures because you're going on a timeline of Doctor Strange. You're going on a timeline of Captain Marvel, of Secret Invasion, of potentially West Coast and Young Avengers. Like, there's five, like, branches of the MCU timeline that are going to come strictly from WandaVision. And if you're a Marvel fan like we are, like, you should be dummy excited for what this show's potential has brought to the table. We should be dumbly excited because you never know how long. I mean, as long as they keep selling, obviously Disney will keep making Marvel, but there might come a time in the nearby future where Marvel doesn't get pumped out as much because they're only going to pump out from what's created via the comic books. Right. So it's like you have to take it. You have to take it. Like, you have to think. All the actors are eventually going to get older, so unless Disney keeps recasting, recasting, and making new heroes, which is a possibility. Which is where the Young Avengers come into play. That's where yeah, exactly. some of these shows, that, like a She-Hulk, so, like an Ironheart, stuff like that is going to come into play. But right now, we're in the golden age of the MCU. Precisely. So, where they go, we only hope to know. I rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> And like we said, we're going to be covering Falcon and Winter Soldier. Obviously, it's a little bit of a shorter series, only six when episodes. When does that start officially? Two, two weeks, brother. March 19th oh, nice. is Falcon nice. Winter Soldier. Uh, we do have a gap week where uh, tweet at us if you want us to cover the behind-the-scenes, uh, the assembled series that's coming out, I think, for every Marvel show. Next week is uh, the WandaVision episode. Next Friday uh, is assembled WandaVision, so it's like the making of WandaVision. I'm going to watch it either way because I'm very intrigued to see how they went through all of this, especially dealing with the pandemic and everything to see how stuff was executed. Um, We're going to be covering a ton of the movies coming out on HBO Max, a ton of stuff coming out on Disney Plus, Netflix, Step Your Game Up. Uh, We found some shows and movies on Amazon Prime, Coming to America just came out, uh, which was hilarious. We'll definitely be covering that. 
But uh, we're not stopping Marvel Mondays. Sure, we might have a week off, but we're still pumping out content. And then, boom, two Mondays from the time you're listening to this, episode one of Falcon Winter Soldier, plus Dylan on Disney Plus. The following week, we have Falcon Winter Soldier episode two and the Mighty Ducks episode one. Uh, Okay, well, you know where I'll be then. You know where Dylan will be. We are plugged in, (laughs) locked and loaded. We can't thank you guys enough for all the support uh, throughout this journey of WandaVision. It feels like it just started, um, but this has been, you know, we thought the Mandalorian breakdowns were great for season two of the Mandalorian. This blew our expectations. So many people were hitting us up, you know, anticipating each episode every week. We got people interacting with us on Twitter as well. Um, It has been so much fun because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Don't get me wrong. But man, the Marvel Universe is like, I, I live for it. It is my, one of my favorite things just on earth. Like I love the MCU and diving into everything that involves like heroes and stuff like that. So like, this has been so much fun to kind of just learn more about the Scarlet Witch, m- learn more about Vision. And um, it, it's been a total blast to be able to, you know, get these episodes out to you guys, you guys interacting with each episode, listening, talking about it with us. And uh, I know Harrison's super appreciative. I know Dylan's super appreciative. Um, And it's become like kind of one of those things that all of us look forward to on, on Sunday nights, sitting down and just talking about the week that was with whatever show it is. So it's uh, the best part of my week besides watching the actual show. Right. It's the next best part talking about it with you guys. And Hey, if it wasn't for this show, I wouldn't have peer pressured myself into buying a lightsaber. Exactly. So maybe I'll buy a Magneto helmet if you give us more followers. <laughs> you guys can, uh, you guys can pressure Dylan into buying more things for our nerd caves uh, by leaving those five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only. Let us know how you felt about the overall series of Wandavision. Anything in between your excitement for how the the MCU is going to be moving forward. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And pump up those followers on Twitter. Let's go. Like we, We're pumping out this content. Be a friend. Tell a friend. At StreamerSZN on Twitter. Let's say we get to... What do you say, Dylan? 500 followers before Loki will we'll do something? Yeah. So let's make that I'm happen. That. 500 followers before June 11th. That's plenty me, of time. Uh, let me just let me just make sure that the Magneto helmet is in my price range. <laughs> I was I was searching around a little bit. There's some things that I could potentially add to the the Underground Studios nerd cave here um, that involve Loki okay, as I well. Okay, I can afford the Magneto helmet. We're good. There we go. So 500 followers before episode one of Loki, June 11th. Let's make that happen. At streamer SZN, you can follow Harrison on Twitter at HarryGK83. You can follow Dylan on Twitter at Dylan Mazzola, and you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And like I said, streamer SZN on Twitter and Instagram for everything show-related. Our boy Christian's been doing a bunch of TV and movie reviews that are absolutely convincing and enthralling to go and watch whatever he's writing about. Uh, Just did a write-up about Nomadland on Hulu, so definitely go and check that out. And, uh, like I said, subscribe to the podcast, be a friend, tell a friend, uh, you can check us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com is the website and we'll be right back here. We got an episode 
of a movie review. We're going to be reviewing Tom and Jerry, and um, hey. I'm kind of kind of going a little bit of Marvel. I'm opening up the multiverse, and I'm introducing a friend from a different realm of of universes that I'm involved with, and he's going to hop on this week to talk about Tom and Jerry with me. He did a, a YouTube video breakdown and review of it. He's going to hop on the podcast to talk about it. Very excited. It's somebody that you might be seeing a lot more of moving forward on here with Dylan and Harrison and myself too. And uh, I'm excited to introduce him to Dylan and Harrison because they have no idea who he is. And uh, we're opening up our own multiverse. So be a friend, tell a friend, get ready. We're, we're pumping out content all through the summer with everything coming out on these streaming platforms. It, it, we're in the golden age of streaming TV and movies, Dylan. We are. It's, it's the best time to do it. So thank you guys again for all of your support on WandaVision, all the podcasts, social media posts. Uh, shout out to Stateside Vodka for sponsoring our, our cocktail of the week each and every week. We're going to hopefully keep that going if it if it fits with Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, moving forward because it was a lot of fun. They definitely enjoyed us doing that each and every week. So big thank you to Stateside Vodka and all of our sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, manscaped and stateside uh same promo code all three websites you can use promo code usp at tomahawkshades.com for 25 percent off your order manscaped.com promo code usp gets you 20 percent off free shipping free international shipping we know we have international listeners so all of our canadian nigerian irish listeners everything in between promo code usp 20 percent off free shipping and a big old thank you from your balls and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka <laughs> gets you 10% off the one-liter vodka bottles at statesidevodka.com. Must be 21 or older to order. And, of course, please drink responsibly. This has been the final WandaVision Marvel Monday right here on Streamer Season, part of the Underground Sucks, Sports man. Philadelphia Podcast Network. Dylan, any final thoughts? I'm just excited for the MCU going forward, WandaVision really paved the way. And unfortunately, all good things have to come to an end. But like we just said, we're not done with Marvel. We'll be back shortly to talk about the next show. Yeah, we will be back in two weeks for Marvel content with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Can't wait for it. It's going to be a fun six-week escapade. And then uh, the month of May, we're going to be locked and loaded with movies and shows we're leading up to Loki in June, so Marvel's not going anywhere anytime soon right here on streamer season. Uh, but for Dylan and for Harrison, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace.